0: and Randy Rands some Electric Guitar. Bryce and Ren and Corey in the House. Hello, and welcome to Bryce and Ren and Corey in the House. My name is Bryce Henderson and one of the co-hosts of this podcast. Today, we'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 10 of Cory in the House, titled Sitting Pretty. And this is Episode number 31 of the podcast. Uh, So with me, as always, to talk about all things Cory in the House is one Renan Fontes. Ren, how are we doing
1: tonight? Bryce, I've made some prank calls in my day. But Mm -hmm. let me tell you, I've never gotten anyone broken up with.
0: Yeah, it's pretty impressive uh, prank call that Sophie was able to pull off here. Just the magnitude of cruelty. And awful. And then she, like, doesn't really want to own up to it either, which is, she just lets it roll. She's like, eh, this is going to happen eventually. She um, learns
1: a classic Disney Channel lesson.
0: Yes. Yes, she does. Never, uh, you know, never prank. How are you right? feeling is that...
1: with uh, four Corys left?
0: I'm feeling so good, Ren. The, the, I'm feeling so good. Like... I've... I yeah, feel the like am a marathon runner, and I can see the finish line over the horizon. Yeah, I had a thought today um, where I was like, what if Ren and I just watched the last three episodes and just marathoned through, um, and just did the three, just podcasted them back to back to back, um, released them when they were supposed to be released, and then it's like, wow, nice little vacation. But <laughs> I think we might
1: die from Corey Overload.
0: Yeah, could you imagine that, having to discuss three episodes of Cory in the House back-to-back? To back to back? It was
1: hard enough watching everything mm-hmm. for Dolly Day in, like, a 12-hour time span. <laughs> I think I would go yeah. insane. Like, three Cory in the Houses really isn't that long, but you don't understand the physical and mental toll that it takes to get through 22 <laughs> minutes of Cory in the House right. on a weekly basis.
0: Mm-hmm. Or, in my case, 44. That's um, right. You, not... uh, you
1: rewatch regularly.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. I watched the episode once and then I watch it again. And today I had the blessing of uh, I hadn't watched the episode yet, so I did get to watch it twice in a single day. Awesome. Um, yeah. So thank you so much, <laughs> uh, Corey and the crew over there at Corey in the House for making this possible. Well, it'll be fun when we do Full House. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It'll be a lot more fun. Definitely yeah so we have uh speaking of which uh so we're recording this on june 13th we have seven more days uh for people to vote so i'll probably share that out again this week and then so by next sunday uh when we record episode number 32 you and i will be able to uh what we'll be able to pretty much share who won right there yeah tell everyone what we're doing next wow that'll be exciting yeah, it, it will be. Uh, uh, I want do you
1: know to know who's currently winning. I do. Yeah. Is it still who was winning? Yes. Okay. Just making sure.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. Our minds are, are in one place, and, you know, it's, we have a week left, so anything can happen. Anything is possible. So, um, yeah. And I want to give a shout out, uh, Ren. Did you know uh, Jill, who was once uh, on this podcast? That's right. Uh, she mentioned to me this week that she's listening through. Um, are Bryce and Ren and Blank in the House podcast? Because she doesn't know who to vote for. Really? Yeah, that's um. Fun. So yeah, I'm glad she's doing that. But it's uh, it's like a mountain of a podcast. It's, it's like, like three, three, and three and a half three, hours, yeah, right? It's a lot of podcast. So,
1: I I, shout I right. imagine it must be fun to listen to just to hear us deteriorate
0: mentally. Yo, yeah, uh, over the course of the three and a half hours, and Did history you... will repeat tonight oh yes it will yeah so uh to that point Ren and i we are going to talk about obviously this is the podcast for um episode uh season two episode 10 sitting pretty so we're going to talk about this episode of cory in the house and then afterwards um so we'll put this out uh tonight or tomorrow uh monday so in that time frame that we usually release episodes and then We are going to sit here still and podcast about uh, the episode of Hannah Montana that features President Martinez and Sophie. Uh, So we are doing essentially a double feature, however, for you all uh, at home or in the cars or wherever you listen to our podcast, uh, it will be a podcast Sunday slash Monday, and then you'll get this podcast, the uh, Hannah Montana one, on June 16th, which is going to be Wednesday, I think. The anniversary of the episode's air date an important date very important it exactly date. 10 years is it is it the 10-year anniversary of no it can't be it can't be no it would not have aired in 2011 2011 no it definitely wouldn't have so uh yeah so ren and i are ready to podcast uh, we also just spent about 35 minutes talking about in the heights which is at the end of this podcast so if you want to hear our takes on the in the heights movie uh you can go ahead and listen to it. There's definitely spoilers. So if you yes. haven't seen it yet and you don't want to hear us spoil it, don't listen to it. Uh, it's on HBO Max or it's in theaters. If you have never seen this show or you're unfamiliar, uh, check it out. It is, it's it's great. But um, uh, spoiler warning
1: also goes if you've only seen the musical and haven't seen the movie because there are big changes.
0: Yes, definitely. So, um, all right, Ren, are you ready to, to talk Cory in the house. Bryce, I was born ready
1: to discuss mm-hmm. this episode specifically of Cory in the house.
0: Uh, it's so, not
1: often you get a sexual euphemism in a Disney Channel show multiple times.
0: Yeah, it is very, very often. It's not one that I've ever used before either. No, um,
1: me, like, never associated playing house with anything sexual.
0: Yeah, and, and it's... That's clearly what Cory's doing here. Well, so... It, I do want to say yes clearly, but at the same time, it's like, is like, it clear?
1: In, uh, in the Disney Channel way, you
0: know. I mean, yeah, like, he, he um, we'll get there. I yeah. don't want to talk too much about it, Um, but he, yeah, we get these, like, euf- euphemisms the whole time, and it's uh, almost, it's its aggressive, I would say. So, yeah,
1: it definitely is. A well, little, it, not a little, it is
0: inappropriate. Yeah, um, and so we're opening this episode up with, uh, you know, we've had stop Corey time um, (laughs) in some of our past transitions and we've talked about what that is. This case, we get ain't no party like a Corey party because a Corey party is off the hook. This is how the episode opens. We get this line transitioning um, us into this episode of the show. Uh, Is this a good hype-up song, Ren? Does this get you hyped? This
1: confuses me more than anything. Mm -hmm. it, It makes me think... What was the logic behind recording this? Like, okay, Kyle. Cory in the house is not doing so hot. What we <laughs> think is going to save the show is if you do a few bumpers for us to <laughs> fit into the episodes as they start. All right? Mm-hmm. Get recording. Go. Uh, ain't no party like a Cory party, because a Cory party is off the hook. Perfect. We'll be canceled in three episodes. <laughs> and it worked. We're
0: just like a charm. Uh, so Mina and Candy, they are cleaning up the school courtyard. They've signed up for the dance cleanup committee. Okay, that's uh, uh
1: we had stuff like that at Leslie, right?
0: No, no, no. <laughs> so usually, as far as I understand, I've never um put on a dance before. Right. So I don't. Th- this just may be my ignorance speaking. But I believe that typically to clean up a dance, it is a matter of putting some, maybe some chairs and tables away, Um, putting trash uh, into a trash can. Not a lot of trash, right? I mean, realistically, how much trash could
1: there be at a dance?
0: That is a left, that is leftover. That doesn't already make its way to the trash can. Yeah. Okay. Um, So this is an all day project in this episode. In fact, time seems to fluctuate um, (laughs) in this episode. Did you notice that, Red? I didn't, but I'm very excited to hear your perspective. Time time both moves at a rapid pace and doesn't move at all in this episode. (laughs) Uh, It's like so inconsistent. It is confusing. I don't know if the episode takes place in a single day or over the course of multiple days. Um, There's a lot of arguments to be made for all all cases it's possible that Corey and newt and mina and candy and victor and martinez and sophie uh, and tanisha and stickler have all slipped into a time uh like <laughs> time warp and that's how we have what happens here but the timing is gone it makes no sense uh, we get one scene then we get another scene and then we get another scene it all happens in as like a sequential order yeah but um, people are just all of a sudden in one place, then in another place. Uh, it's, it's nonsense
1: here. It really feels mm-hmm. like the Cory and the House writers are just becoming unhinged. <laughs> but They feel the walls closing in, they don't know what to do anymore. And what comes to paper is not necessarily their best ideas, but mm-hmm. it is honest about what they're feeling in this moment.
0: Yeah. Uh, and that's why we have Mina and Candy picking up trash. <laughs> the dance cleanup committee candy's like this isn't this the best and then a bunch of off-screen characters throw trash at her once uh, the fun is done our work has work just be- begun that only happens in tv shows right this like um like someone says something and people just toss trash at them
1: if anyone toss tossed trash at a fellow child at my high school they would immediately be in trouble
0: yeah like suspension or um at a detention, at least I don't know. Definitely but, a detention. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so in this case, everyone trashes candy. Corey comes on by. Um, he was tasked with cleaning the toilets. And of For- course, Corey will do that. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. Uh, when there's a dirty latrine, I keep it clean. He tells Corey's candy. motto. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but Candy points out he looks Daisy fresh. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't look or smell like human shit. No. weird. <laughs> um, and that's when we get Newt, who does both look and smell <laughs> like human shit. Um, he comes on by. He's mopped out the potties like Corey asked them to. Poor Newt. Newt really uh, let Corey give it to him this episode? <laughs> yeah. Newt is just, just like, he's the-, the lackey here. Completely pranked. Bamboozled. Uh, yeah, so he, he did it And so now Candy's upset Because Corey, Corey was supposed to do that um, Candy pressure points Corey And then we and, cut the intro And Yeah, that's button. it Great button Fantastic button, Ren <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I actually had to pause at the end of the credits Because I was still laughing From Any, the pressure point
1: Anything that interrupts screaming Always gets a good laugh out of me
0: Yeah <laughs> okay yes yeah, so we get our intro we come back from it um mina points out to cory that cory froze up like a two dollar yak
1: he, he's fibbing he's a big old mm-hmm. white liar
0: yes uh, cory needs to stop lying um candy's like if we're gonna maintain our on again off again relationship he cory has to be honest or else she's out of here that's right candy mm-hmm. outright mentions the fact they have an on again off again up and down hot and cold relationship mm-hmm. yeah and it's i mean to the viewers at this point like we watched an order run and yeah. i would agree that it's it's all over the place and i'm sure that if we were to rearrange the episodes mm-hmm. it wouldn't be no but um it yeah. looks like the writers figured out what mm-hmm. happened
1: yeah <laughs> and they tried to course correct i mean
0: yeah is that what this is right usually we can't themselves? give them
1: enough credit like this but the evidence is mm-hmm. you know it's stacked in their favor this one rare instance
0: yes so this is like um they realized that they made a big mistake they couldn't fix it they couldn't retroactively fix it but they're yeah. like you know we'll we'll throw a line or two in there uh in an upcoming episode and it'll it'll take care of it um cory promises to never lie again that's right uh <laughs> What an amazing
1: promise to make it 15. Yeah. I remember <laughs> the first time I promised to never lie again.
0: Yeah, incredible. <laughs> Corey's going to live a life of pure honesty, Ren. Uh, only ever telling the truth. Like the Jim Carrey movie. Right?
1: It's, it's yes, Liar Liar, right?
0: Liar. Uh, I was thinking of Yes Man, but yes, oh. that's a different concept.
1: Wow, Jim it, Carrey does some pretty similar
0: movies. They're pretty much the same. One right? is like
1: magic, though, and the other is he's doing it to himself.
0: Is liar liar magic? I've never seen. I think seen liar liar
1: is magic. He gets cursed to tell the <laughs> truth about everything.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, the like he like abandons his son at school in that movie. Yes, he's a bad um, dad. Yes, and then he's ma- so magic happens that does he like the kid wishes? Is that what it is? So I'm pretty
1: sure the kid wishes that his dad would never lie again, and okay. because his dad is an attorney, this naturally <laughs> creates problems for him at work.
0: Oh. But Jim Carrey a
1: better person. And in the end, he wins the big case and wins his son's love By back. being
0: true, that actually sounds really fun.
1: It's, yeah, if you like Jim Carrey movies of the era, it is one of the, I'd say, better ones. I was never, mm-hmm. I was more of an Adam Sandler fan growing up.
0: Is it like unhinged Jim Carrey or is he uh, relatively hinged?
1: I'd say it's like in the middle of the spectrum.
0: Okay. Like um, it's
1: unhinged, but it's grounded in more real emotion.
0: Yeah, I feel like I would, uh, I would sit through it. You know, it would be one of those movies where if it was on TV, I'd watch it, but I never watched TV. Like, like we channels.
1: we'd sat through nine of Adam Sandler's worst films.
0: Yeah. So I, I wouldn't mind, like, carry a
1: thon Yeah, that'd be fun. Huh. He's a better performer.
0: Should Yeah, that'll be our next Bryson Renan Blank in the house. <laughs> uh, tournament. Bryson Renan Jim in the house.
1: Uh, uh, every episode opens with a disclaimer about Jim Carrey being an
0: anti-vaxxer. yes yeah um i get him and mike myers confused a lot but um i don't think i have any reason i think mike myers just has a dead career yeah yeah he um made some really poor choices in movies and in writing yeah um and i think it's best for him to you know hang it up at this point so honestly,
1: I you know first Austin Powers fun everything you yeah. get after that, I think everything. What did he do after Austin Powers?
0: I mean, we talked about the Cat in the Hat like a week oh or two ago. Oh my god, you're
1: right! I completely blank. That
0: was him. Yeah,
1: the Cat in the Hat is its own being. You have to understand that. Okay, it
0: exists uh, in the same space as this episode of Cory in the House. Yes,
1: yeah, he transcends yeah. acting. Yes. <laughs> So Mike Myers and the Cat in the Hat could realistically be in the same space at the same time. Yes,
0: uh, potentially. Uh, Mike Myers as uh, the Cat in the Hat, did you know that uh, on the set of that film he would uh, kill rats and um, other animals and then would mail it to the children co-stars to um, Abigail (laughs) Breslin's brother, whose name I don't know, Brendan. uh, Brendan Breslin? (laughs) Is it Brendan Breslin? I don't know his (laughs) name. Um, but yes, he would send it to them. It's, that act.
1: it's what inspired a Jared Leto's <laughs> performance in Suicide Squad. Yes. Um, I, uh, who, you, Spencer Breslin.
0: Spencer. Yes, I was close. He was in this, uh, and then he went on to be the main elf in Santa Claus 3. And I think he <laughs> retired with all the Santa Claus money after that. <laughs> so uh, the last
1: thing he was in was some kind of hate in 2015.
0: Okay, we could do a deep dive on him at one point. Yeah. He'll uh, be our uh, guest star for the last episode. Ah, he'd probably be into it. I mean, he's not doing anything, so. I doubt it. Um, so, Corey, he promises to never lie again. And then Martinez calls Corey.
1: This was weird. That's right. It was kind of weird if you stop to think about it. Martinez usually doesn't personally call Corey. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, and even, like, when Coy's on the phone with him, Coy's like, oh, yeah, like, totally. Like, so, like, he he is... It was, like, acting... a fake phone call. It is, yeah. He's acting in a way that he wouldn't act in front of Martinez. Um, he says peace out to Martinez. He says peace out. Like, at...
1: the way he says peace out makes it seem like Martinez said peace out first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a response. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Corey Martinez personally called Corey to ask him if he would babysit Sophie. And Corey's like, I gotta do it because you know, you're the big guy, I don't want to, but I'll do it. Uh, Candy's like, Oh, this is a good opportunity for us to play house, which immediately
1: gets Corey excited because as we all know, mm-hmm. playing house means
0: something else, yeah,
1: it means, yeah, uh, right. Uh, it, it doesn't mean anything in, re- in the real world.
0: No, I don't know, but like right It doesn't no. I don't the, think it I'm does. The urban dictionary. All right. so while you do that, um, I'll, I'm gonna describe so every time that Cor- so Cory hears this and he's like, oh, you want to play house. And he does the like almost like if you're doing the YMCA, um, but you like go to make a house with your hands, that's what he does. And he, he like does like a little wink to candy. He's like, oh yeah, like you want to play house um and newt's like oh if you're playing house i want to be the wacky neighbor great good all right (laughs) brian i got
1: our i got our answer okay playing house is when a young unmarried couple buys a residence together with the hope of living out their dreams of an ideal home life in most instances the immaturity of the young couple and harsh reality of their home life soon sets in causing a stress-related failure of the relationship and the yeah. description is, prior to the sexual revolution of the 1960s, playing house before marriage was a social taboo.
0: So, is this what Corey's referring to? No. Are you and I reading this wrong? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Newt wants to be the wacky neighbor in this scenario, right? Yeah. If they're playing house. Uh, throw away line. It's fine. Oops. Not in this episode. So, to the White House... Victor is going to go with Martinez on Air Force One. He's very excited. Understandably. Yeah. So Martinez shuts him down. Yeah. Because uh, Victor wants to fly the plane. Martinez is like, they didn't even let me do that. And that's all we get of Victor this episode. That's right. Bye, Victor. I really thought we were going to get some hilarious B plot where
1: Victor was going to get up into some Air Force One shenanigans. Uh,
0: I wish. Like, And I see the storyline already. He gets up there martinez remember martinez said oh they didn't let me do that victor like mentions it and maybe it's like one of his old buddies who's the pilot and so he gets to fly the plane then martinez (laughs) is jealous (laughs) uh is this so funny i think that'd be great already a
1: fantastic episode
0: yeah um and so then and victor's like a natural and like the pilot says it and that pisses martinez off even more and then Martinez is like, I want to fly the plane now. And they're like, uh, sir, I don't think you should do that. Uh, and he does it. And he like almost crashes Air Force One. Right. Or maybe he does. And then uh, in the debris, they have, they like laugh it off. They have the conversation about like, oh, like, I just got jealous of you, Victor. And Victor's like, Martinez, you had no reason to get jealous. Like, you're the president. I, like, you're already the best. And then He's the leader of the free world. Yeah, for, And for all we know, Ren, this did happen. They just didn't show it. Uh, that is how that episode would end. But instead
1: of crashing in the debris, Victor would have to land the plane on the water. Oh, like Sully. Further emasculating Martinez, but teaching him humility. Humility, the process. yes.
0: Um, all right. Well, the parents are away. The kids will play. That was my own note. Um, <laughs> because that's right. Um, we're getting this set up as if there is nobody else in the White House other than Victor and Martinez, and they are gone. Yep, all the adults are gone. Yeah, Corey's in charge. Um, Martinez says to Corey, which seems like a terrible idea. Past experiences tell us that it surely is. <laughs> what was he thinking? Corey's right? I mean, always been reliable. Yeah, Corey. As far as I like, as long as I've known you, no shenanigans have ever gone awry everything has always been picture picture perfect i will entrust for you to watch sophie and also sophie's best friend tanisha um for this unknown amount of time my wife does not exist yes Uh, she went back to the meat market to (laughs) so um corey tells sophie and tanisha to do whatever they want right um because candy rings the doorbell uh, and he gets the door for Candy. He's ready to play house. Candy comes bursting in. Where Bryce, are the wait. children? Yeah. Candy,
1: Bryce, Candy rang the doorbell. Yeah.
0: Didn't I say that? Yeah. Corey lives inside the White House. Uh, you, you don't think there's a doorbell in... This is like a back door to the White House, right?
1: It can't be. It can't be, because that door leads into a hallway. Oh. Um... I don't know the layout here. <laughs> Is it, do you think it's normal to have an, a doorbell inside a home for
0: a specific room? Um, it isn't, no. Uh, I would guess, if anything, maybe at the front door of the White House, there's, like, um, like that, like, buzzers. Okay. And it says next to it, like, the Baxter's, the Martinez's, uh, Samantha, <laughs> um, the Lincoln bedroom, like, so you can buzz all those in.
1: Okay, so Candy buzzes the Baxters then runs all the way down. She's
0: fast because she wants to see the children. Um,
1: Children, oh children.
0: Yeah, where are the children? She comes bursting in. Real Phantom
1: of the Megaplex energy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Children. (laughs) children. Uh, I thought we were going to play house. Candy. uh, uh, Corey says to Candy. And Candy's like, uh, what do you mean? Like, we are. This is the perfect opportunity to practice parenting skills. She's wearing, like, a, uh, uh, I don't know the era. Like, 1950s, 60s, dress. yeah, um, dress, um, and she is quick enough to stop Tanisha and Sophie from eating ice cream. She gives them carrots. She says, our family will eat healthy and play educational games. This is (laughs) batshit. If my girlfriend ever did this to me, I would
1: simply let my president's daughter break us up.
0: Yeah. Um, is Sophie doing Corey a favor here? and 100%. Corey doesn't realize it.
1: This is not yeah.
0: healthy, natural behavior. And th- They're high school students, Ren, and she is dreaming of having children with Corey. She is
1: training him to become a parent. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. And she, I think, believes that this, uh, Tanisha and Sophie and Corey are a family. Yes. Uh, and she is here for it. In this
1: moment, she sincerely believes that Corey is her husband and mm-hmm. Tanisha and Sophie are two daughters
0: who she carried and gave birth to over the period yes. of nine months. Uh, and so we know shenanigans are going to happen there, right? Things are going to get wild. Uh, but we said goodbye to him, but he's back, Ren. That's right. For what has to be his final episode. Please! It must be his final episode. Stickler is back. One last time. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's here. He's hiding in the bushes uh, while Mina and Newt are still working at the school cleanup. Right? Um, Newt calls Stickler an obsessive,
1: paranoid spy freak, which is mm -hmm. one of the meanest things Newt's ever said. Not warranted but not newt
0: no um definitely not newt yeah not something he would say maybe mina would say it um you know had that energy the whole episode that definitely felt like a mina line um, and so i just want to pause for a quick second here yeah um timeline wise so they're still cleaning up the school candy and cory presumably left this task um and they are now at the white house babysitting and I like I so just realistically, all of that would have not happened in about a thirty minute time frame, right? Um, no, it couldn't have. Yes, but time is frozen at school, post dance. <laughs> uh, so one of Stickler's CIA gadgets. It must be the time time freezer cube
1: underpants under. So long as Stickler has the underpants on, time mm-hmm.
0: freezes so, around him. Yes. Uh Stickler responds to Newt, who called him the spy. What is the spy freak? Spy freak. Yeah, paranoid spy. Um, And he's like, I'm not doing that. And he is wearing a massive ear. The CIA big ear. How is this practical as a spy item? So the way it works
1: is Mm -hmm. that out, so on the ear, there's a gigantic tube that when you put it inside your ear, it like shoves into your ear canal. And just okay. kind of amplifies your eardrum. So
0: so this is his real ear? Well,
1: it's not his real ear. It's Engorged. something he's, he's jamming into his real ear to improve it. But as soon as he takes that out of his ear, his eardrum burst, so bursts. Bursts. It,
0: it, it'll, it'll, it'll
1: pop. pop. <laughs> <laughs> he can't use the ear again. Okay. So, so one there, there's is. a reason the CIA isn't. You, like... This, the stuff that Stickler uses, I'm assuming, are all defects that his father takes home.
0: Yes, and then he like throws in the trash and then Stickler takes it out um, and uses it at school. I buy that. Um, so Mina yells in the ear. Uh, Stickler reacts very negatively to it. And Stickler says he just wanted to know what his friends were calling him. Right? Friend. Uh,
1: Such an interesting word. It's so interesting yes. the definitions we
0: give words ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, Stickler decides that they're friends, but this is like, always been his thing. It right? has been. It's like, he... and Has it been consistent? Like, he wants to be their friends, but they don't want to be friends with him, or... I don't know if it's like, consistent. I don't think it is. That, is. Like, it, it hasn't always been
1: his character, because mm-hmm. early on, he was strictly antagonistic towards Corey and really only had romantic feelings for Mina. Yeah. It's been in this past season where they've been developing developing him as a more, like, or not, not developing, but recontextualizing him as, like, a lonely loser who doesn't have friends and is yes. really only doing this because he needs the, like, social stimulation. Mm-hmm. I bet you
0: by season three, he would have been part of the crew.
1: Oh, definitely. Like, I'm telling you, that's the reason they were phasing Candy in. They were going to move Newt out because mm-hmm. Jason Dolly was getting bigger. Eventually, yep. Candy would have come in. Stickler would have been, would have filled in Newt's white guy role. And that yep. would have been our, uh, our team. Our
0: pet for the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. would have been miserable it would have been horrific so uh stickler here he's given a proposition right uh newton mina say to him that they bet that he couldn't go one day without spying on someone so stickler now has to give up all of his gadgets by throwing them into a trash can Uh, this includes the tie cam Which, that's self-explanatory what that is, right? Yeah, it watches
1: people through his cam and through his eye and records them.
0: Uh, The radar comb.
1: Uh, I can only assume that it's Mm -hmm. a comb that when you take out, it sends out radar waves that I, uh, Mm -hmm. kill? Kill on sight?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Well, (laughs) So, here's what we know, okay? Um, microwaves have right. uh, electronic waves, radiation.
1: Okay, so it's like for microwaving your hair.
0: Yes. So, I think that it is um, it is that. And so, if you have, like, a piece of food that you need to reheat, you can put it on your hair. And then okay. you put the comb around your, like, you turn uh, spin the comb around your hair. Like, you circle your head. Yeah. And it cooks it. That's what I'm thinking the radar comb is. Alright, yeah.
1: I, I okay. I can see Stickler mm-hmm. using that.
0: Yeah. Okay. He's got a lot I of don't it. Really, what is a radar? Uh, it's like it, like, detects uh, something.
1: The one person who knows the definition of a radar is gonna hate us. Oh yeah. You know, it's a detection system. Mm-hmm.
0: You know? I mean, yeah, like it I feel like it, Like what? It radiates. Radates, radates? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I won't. Uh, let's not dwell on it. I feel like it, it radiates is fine. It's
1: it, it detect- yeah, what a radar all right, we'll is. All radiates.
0: Um, jetpack jacket, which is that it's yeah yeah, self-explanatory too. Well, so he gets rid of
1: all these. What I want to what I'm imagining with the jetpack jacket. Mm-hmm. So it looks like a regular jacket. The jetpack yes. part is on the inside, which means it would have just burned Stickler alive as it yeah. shot
0: him up into the air. Because these are these are rejected items. Yes. Yes um so he has he, they would set him ablaze as he goes off i assume the radar comb going back to that um it at least in my use um i think it we can it kind of combines ours ren i think it does probably uh i don't know about kill on sight but it definitely melts um like oh, the brain sure. so i think he, he like some um juice brain so and then that's the t- kind of a dangerous guy yeah he is he has quite quite the utility belt um. So he gets rid of all of them, and now we're back to Candy and Corey and Sophie and Tanisha. That's right, Bryce. And Corey needs a big mommy hug.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're playing. They're playing Ready Set Divide, which uh, it's, it sounds fun. Maybe. I mean, you know, it it didn't seem like the worst thing in the world. No, Candy says whoever divides this first finds the answer gets a mommy hug and Corey. that instantly makes them want to divide the, like
1: the, the lust in his voice
0: mm-hmm. i've never seen something so perverse in a disney no. show um uh, tanisha so uh tanisha and sophie they're not happy with what's going on right they were planning to have like a no parents are home kind of yeah. weekend or day or night. We don't know how long this babysitting is supposed to last. And um, so Tanisha tells Corey to control his woman.
1: That's right. Uh, this episode had a lot of weird commentary towards women. Intentionally. But, you know, it's Corey in the house. So it mm-hmm. isn't handled elegantly. So it doesn't come off
0: the right way. Well, so I'm so glad that you say that they have a lot of commentary towards women. And then you follow, follow it up with intentionally. Because, um, like, the commentary isn't good. Right. No. Um. It is not positive by any means. It's um, it's not good at, at all. And uh, the writers they didn't care. They were like, "Yes, let's have Tanisha tell Corey to quote unquote control his woman." Here,
1: it's like it's like they wanted to throw in a joke for the parents without really considering the implications of the joke in an episode that will later confront mm-hmm. barely Corey's sexism. In an episode that was originally about Corey lying. Yeah. So it the there mm-hmm. are so many wires crossed about the message that we're supposed to learn from this.
0: Yes. Well, also, this is what, keep in mind, as we go through this episode, Corey is, I believe, meant to be seen as a good guy. Yes, he He's is. He's supposed he- to be the hero here.
1: Like the, because the big thing at the end of the episode is that Sophie gets Corey in trouble. Yes. Corey does not get himself into trouble, mm-hmm. which by all accounts, when we get to that point, Bryce and I will, of course, explain why Corey gets himself into trouble. <laughs> but Sophie just instinctively takes all the blame. Yeah. And what's frustrating about the uh, Corey moment is that before that instance, like it was on track for that Sophie, like, moment. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yeah, it was. It very much was takes setting it. up that scene. He takes it. Um, so now, Corey... Uh, Corey's like, you're right. Yeah, uh, I gotta go uh, control my woman. Um, which is awful that this is in a show. Uh, For children. For children. And so Corey t- tells Candy to give the kids a break. Candy's like, oh, they need constant supervision and stimulation, or else they'll get up to trouble. Which ironically enough is what happens yeah right do you think was that
1: intentional no i think this was a flub of the writers yeah they were trying to portray candy as unreasonable which is like value when you're watching mm-hmm. the episode for the first time she like this line is unreasonable yeah it's only under scrutiny when analyzing the context of the whole story mm-hmm. where you realize oh candy was right
0: yeah we're literally moments later the first for the first time that sophie and tanisha since being left uh, at home without parents are left without constant supervision in simulation they get up to trouble uh, so candy tells the girls to go eat their veggies so they can so they being uh, candy and Corey can go have a grown-up conversation uh, so they go into the other room and uh, Sophie decides that she's going to prank them by calling okay so we get this set up uh, now Corey is explaining to candy that that when she said she was going to come over, he thought they would have more time together. And as he says that, he's doing the playing house symbol.
1: Basically a 15-year-old assuming he's going to
0: sleep with his girlfriend for the first time. Yes. Um, and so now Candy recognizes that Corey feels neglected. Um, Which isn't really
1: what he's trying to convey, but no. I guess that's no. like the Disney Channel way of confronting it.
0: Yep. And so but she he, is about.
1: He, it's like Candy doesn't really get it, though, which.
0: No. No. And that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's. Yeah. So she's about to kiss Corey. And then Corey gets a phone call, <laughs> which he often does. <laughs> and let's just keep in mind. So this was the same Corey that, uh, like, when he had the Ashleys over, all he wanted to do was was kiss, kiss an Ashley. Right. And so in this case, he gets a phone call and he's like, oh, I can't do anything until I find my phone. Yeah. Yes. Um, And so he's like panicking, can't find his phone anywhere. It goes to voicemail um, like the old standard, uh, like leave a message after the beep living room kind of uh, voicemail. Uh, He's getting a call from someone named Kimberly. Kimberly. It's everyone's favorite character, Kimberly. Yeah, Kimberly had a lot of fun last night.
1: And she can't wait to see Corey Baxter again. Mm -hmm. Corey Baxter, who lives in the White House, Chef Victor's son, always Mm -hmm. gets into trouble with nude and Mina, sometimes Stickler.
0: (laughs) That Corey Baxter. uh, Kimberly also wants Corey to dump corny Candy. That's right. So uh, uh, this obviously upsets Candy. Bryce, if this happened to you, how would you de escalate the situation? I would say. I don't know. I'd probably do similar to what Corey said and be like, um, I have no clue what this is. Um, and then even when it's like, get specific, I'd still be like, this is literal nonsense. Um, and then I might, something that Corey doesn't do, say, uh, last night I was with. Newt and Mina, that's right. He waits for Mina to say it for him. Mm -hmm. A day later, same day. Uh, it's the same day, right? (laughs) This all takes place in what I can assume to be a thirty-minute timeline. Oh, right. That's Um,
1: right. Because Candy leaves and then comes back.
0: Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, so Corey and um, uh, not uh, Corey and Sophie dance. No, Tanisha and Sophie dance. Candy storms off because Corey lied again. He right. just can't stop
1: himself. He does not respect women. He mm-hmm. does not respect Candy. And now he's going to die alone.
0: Yeah. But at least Kimberly is interested. I mean, hey, you know, mm-hmm. rebound. Yeah. Uh, so essentially, Sophie and Tanisha prank called, pretend to be Kimberly, left this voicemail. Corey has no idea who it is. And so that's going to be Corey's motivating um, piece for the rest of the episode is figuring out who is Kimberly. Okay. Um, We are back to Mina and Stickler and Newt on the quad at school. Still cleaning up from the dance.
1: But it's okay, because Stickler is done sneaking and snooping and creeping and peeping. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm, like, both glad and hate that they included peeping and creeping. (laughs) Um, They really just acknowledge how much of a sicko Stickler is. Yeah. Um, and they like they play into it. And so uh, Stickler asks Mina if she's interested in El Stickador, which is a new Stickler name. Not his best.
1: I, think I the... thought uh, Mina's deadpan no here was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, I thought it was good, too. Probably Mina's best delivered line all season. I actually wrote the exact same thing in my yeah. notes. Mm-hmm. Um, so Stickler, he's excited to be friends again. And Corey calls to tell Newt what happened. He's like, hey, this is ridiculous. We gotta find out who uh, Kimberly is. And he's like, but we need Stickler to help.
1: It's not often the stick man gets called in on a mission. No. At the White House,
0: too. And so uh, at this point, is okay, stickler is is he's standing, right? Yeah. Okay. Um he gives the phone tracker to Newt. It's a uh, shoe. He, it's a shoe. Wh- why does he not just go with Newt?
1: Because he's, he's he has to prove to Mina that he can go one day without doing
0: spy shit. So, okay. So he's like, I can't do it. But Newt, you got this. Um, there's a whole joke about like uh, Stickler has smelly feet because it's a shoe. It's uh, it's overdone. <laughs> CIA odor munchers. Yeah. Uh, and so Newt heads over to the White House with the shoe, stink shoe. the stink shoe, and Mina naturally is left alone with Stickler. What a dynamic duo!
1: We right? will do nothing with this for the rest of the episode. <laughs> I mean, what is there to do? Mina and you can't have a scene mm-hmm. with just Mina and Stickler. <laughs> if you let it go on too long. It's just Stickler being a perverted creep. And you can't show that in a Disney Channel show. No. Like, it's just Mina being harassed and going, like, please stop. No. <laughs> please, and Stickler being like, "Stop! Let me, let me smell your feet, Mina.
0: I hate it. I I hate it. <laughs> Everything about it. Um, but you're not wrong. You are not wrong. No. So, Newt brings the shoe to Corey. Again, think about the timeline here. Like how how Red, far away is this White House from the school? It, this makes no sense. This this episode disregards time, disregards travel. Um, I believe, so going back to the setup that we talked about earlier, I believe that the door to Corey's house, so we know it's a hallway. I'm going to say it's a school hallway. You think it leads into the school? I, I That is the only explanation. Okay. <laughs> that is the only, only thing that could make what happens here possible. Washington the back and forth connected of to the White House. Mm-hmm.
1: And if you walk all the way down to, like, the deep end of Washington Prep, you reach Washington Heights.
0: Yes. That's and that's connected. how we connect our uh, In the Heights bit. In the Heights, yes. <laughs> Stick around for Brace and Wren uh, in the Heights. Um, okay, so the new shows up, they immediately are like, well, let's find the phone that is the source, like, the, that made the call. But, Bryce, right. right, how does that fucking thing work? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> going back to, going back to, um, I, I so I'm going to say the phone has a radar. The shoe phone has a radar.
1: Okay. It's just another radar. Like, th- there's the radar comb.
0: Yeah. So is this the same technology? It's, it's not melting, Newt. Yeah, so I'm, this is updated. Um, but I'm going to, yeah, I think it's just a radar, Ren, Does that make sense? but so Ren, does it make s- rent? it's a radar yes, so it that make sense. sense it, it radiates sense. it
1: radiates it radiates radiates yeah it's ra- it's radiating any mm. local phone calls to find the phones it, it transmits the data into cory's head yes through this um,
0: because cory is part cyborg <laughs> um so they find the house phone which is in the kitchen
1: um which it always is yeah,
0: what is the kitchen so
1: but your house's heart
0: it's a, little, it's a little bit weird that it's in there. And Sophie and Tanisha are there, and they now realize that Corey and Newt are trying to find out where the phone call came from. Okay. Um, so they make the decision. They say that the call came from inside the White House, which makes this seem like a horror film. And now Corey makes Tanisha and Sophie go with them to try and track down the, the cell phone. Bryce, can you Sophie believe used. this
1: episode of Cory in the House does something better than In the Heights of the Movie?
0: Uh, Say more. It's that Hitchcock
1: tension. Oh, yeah. We, the audience, yeah, really know intense. something that Cory and Newt don't, and mm-hmm. Sophie and Tanisha being with them is a ticking time bomb.
0: Yes. Bravo, uh, Cory and- in the House writers. <laughs> and now we're about to have a lot of fun watching Sophie and Tanisha pull this one off. Fun being the operative word. Mm-hmm um they go upstairs and so Sophie's like oh we gotta like Sophie has the cell phone on her I don't know why the shoe brings them upstairs uh huh right if Sophie what? has the phone on her why does the shoe not then immediately bring them to Sophie yeah the shoe the sh- well good point I didn't really think about that yeah and you it know, happens
1: the shoe should have just immediately the- pointed the- them to Sophie. Yeah. The whole subplot would have been resolved the moment Corey got home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But or like, the weird yeah. thing is, he puts the house phone into the shoe, says that mm-hmm. it's coming from inside the house, thinks that like, all right, there's... Well, he says that the reception downstairs is always bad, so he wants to try again.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So that's what it is. But even yep. then, the radar would have started beeping Once the they moment go upstairs. it got in contact with Sophie's phone. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't actually... You don't actually need to put the phone in the shoe for it to be traced. Because that's no. not how Corey traces it upstairs. Nope. So that's a, that's another
0: inconsistency, actually. Um, well, because so, they could have given him a line like, oh, like weird. The thing must be busted. It's saying that the phone is on us. Or something yeah. Like that. Um, but so they go up there. We get Donna, the tour guide. Yeah, that's right. Is it good to see her again?
1: It's always I think it's nice to see her again. I, yeah, it was, it's funny. The other day, I was actually kind of lamenting the fact that our supporting cast has kind of dwindled in the past few weeks.
0: I miss Alexander. They've
1: they've replaced our regulars with either these one-off characters who we know aren't coming back. So Mm -hmm. it kind of takes away some of the impact. And because they don't have good boomer moments with them, we don't really have anything to associate them with. And a lot of candy, which has kind of like spilled into the point where it's getting samey. Mm-hmm. and as nice as it was to see dawn again i will say that her presence ultimately made the last stretch of the episode feel so much like napper's delight
0: yeah like, yeah it we get the chase sequence the yeah
1: moment mm-hmm. but worse because it was didn't have that much time but we'll get no. there
0: um they go up there sophie uh says we got to get rid of this phone so Sophie distracts the tour group and Tanisha plants the phone on Donna. Super cool of Sophie. Really, really nice to do. Um, Cory is holding up the phone. We get Donna's twist. So Donna's line for those who who forget or uh, don't remember her, her line is like, no way, no way. Um, They hold the smelly shoe close to her face and she says, go away, go away a nice little uh, recontextualization yeah. of the line. Yep reminds us of who she is, her little bits. Um, and so we get that. So we now know where the cell phone is. things are about to go down. but don't worry, we get a nice little break for an absolutely useless scene. Bryce, I'm gonna be honest with you. I mm-hmm. needed to know what was
1: happening with Stickler. during that <laughs> whole last scene, I was sweating. I was trembling. I bit one of my fingernails down right down to the nub <laughs> because the uh-huh. only thing I could think about was what is happening to El Sticador right now.
0: Yeah, where is he? <laughs> yeah, it's. I know. I, I'm glad that you were feeling that uh, because <laughs> I was so nervous as well. And don't worry, it's kind of like. Um, oh, let's see if I can if I can um, place what I'm thinking of, but um, <clears throat> oh, I can't place it. But it's like, we see him in one scene. We cut somewhere else, and we go back, and now he is uh, stuck in a trash can. <laughs> right? How? He
1: wanted to get his toys back. Yes. So he dove headfirst into <laughs> the trash can, and naturally, I guess one of his bones got stuck on the can edges. You know, like a rib yep. got caught. Yeah, a rib it got out. stuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this is indeed Stickler's last appearance... I am choosing to believe that he dies here. He dies in the trash can. They leave can. him in the trash can. He does not get out. It's like a whole thing in, like, yeah. DC news. Mm-hmm. They shut down, the like, the quad for a week.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, for the... Uh, Corey, Newt, Mina, and Candy all get A's for the rest of the semester.
0: Yeah, because they... They're good. <laughs> good friends he, with Stickler. Like, how did he get stuck in the trash can like this? It's amazing. It is truly incredible. Um... And we don't really get a full explanation. To what to your point, yes, he's definitely going in to get the gadgets, but uh, one usually stands next to a trash can, and if they want something out of it, they can just go ahead and pick it up. Stickler's a tall guy with long arms. Yeah, he's, he's full-body actions from him. Right? Yeah, it's um, funny.
1: This is a character who once stripped Corey naked in a bathroom and fought him to a stalemate with an octopus. Mm-hmm. He used to have some level of menace and confidence to him. Now he's stuck in a
0: trash can.
1: I mean, I guess this Stickler is ultimately funnier than douchebag Stickler.
0: Yeah. But,
1: Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's worth noting that Stickler used to be, like, somewhat of a legitimate threat.
0: Mm -hmm. And um, Mina is still picking up trash. (laughs) So, you are Mina, okay? You and your friends... Your four friends all are like, hey, we're going to do, uh, let's clean up the dance uh, after the dance. You know, it won't be fun, but we'll do it together, so it'll be good. Okay. Um, you, your friend Corey and your friend Candy both leave to go babysit. Doesn't really make a lot of sense, but they go. Okay. Um, and then uh, your friend Newt gets a call from Corey. Uh, Newt now needs Stickler's shoe. Okay? And also Stickler's popped up. He was in the bushes. Um, so Newt then leaves with Stickler's shoe. And now you are left here alone uh, without your friends and with Stickler uh, who finds his way into a trash can. And you just... Like, Mina just minds her own business and she's picking up trash.
1: I think Mina's given up.
0: Yeah. She's like, okay, sure.
1: Um, uh, you, know, you know you know, what um, I feel really bad about? Yeah. Myara Walsh. <laughs> Yeah, me too. Imagine you are Mayara Walsh. You get you're like, you've been doing Corey in the House for about a year and a half. Job security is looking really iffy. Writer's Strike is not going well. You get your next script for Corey in the House. All your character does is pick up trash. Every scene you are in involves you picking up trash. Your co-stars get to do not necessarily good acting, but fun acting using the White House set and being a part of the cast with a bunch Mm -hmm. of different actors.
0: They take actively take them away. Yeah, actively take them away to go and be involved in the plot. And they leave you alone with uh, what they describe as a creeper and peeper um, to pick up trash. On a set you've been in millions of times. But things are about to look up for Mina because Candy's back. Her best friend. Yeah. Here to tell Mina what happened. That Corey... Uh, received a phone call from a girl named kimberly who was with him on friday night mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
1: if this was bahavia we would twist his twist his what bryce
0: uh,
1: twist his what
0: uh, his tongue
1: tongue yeah you're a kinder man
0: than i mm-hmm. it's gotta be tongue i think that's the only <laughs> uh the only possible thing that i could think of and if i'm candy that's what i'm thinking of too if um, I'm Candy, I'm probably gonna think Tongue. Tongue, yeah. If I'm Mina, I'm not thinking Tongue. <laughs> no. Um, so isn't that so nice of Candy to come by and tell Mina about this? They're friends, I guess. Yep. Yeah, because this also means that, um, Newt, who knew the whole situation, before leaving really didn't explain anything. No. Newt ah. was like, I just need the shoe. I gotta go.
1: That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: <laughs> So you think
1: Corey kind of, ex- I feel like Corey would have expected newt to explain things to Mina.
0: Yeah, I think he would have too, but he doesn't. Newt just takes the shoe and leaves. And um, Mina is here to tell Candy, oh, well, Corey was with us on Friday night, so it couldn't be true. Can he's well, like, wow. That. <laughs> yep. But does it?
1: No, I guess not.
0: Well, <laughs> but, but like, but, so why, why does the scene exist? Why do we have Candy and Mina having this scene? Candy seems to be at peace after this. Candy hugs Mina and goes back to the White House, um, leaving Mina with Trash Stickler alone. And this is the last that we see of Mina. (laughs) The end. In the episode. Some say to the day. What a B plot. Yeah. She is. um, But is it a B? I don't know what our B plot is. Is it this? Trash. All things trash. Um, So, Corey has traced the shoe signal back to the tour group. Um, He says to them, now which one of you is obsessed with all this? Okay, so this is our first questionable statement in a line of questionable statements. Right. uh, From one Corey Baxter here. Yeah.
1: You are in a White House tour group. Yes. And a young boy with a beeping Mm -hmm. shoe, which is presumably a bomb... (laughs) confronts yes. you and starts getting <laughs> yes. very aggressive about a phone call that may or may not have been made. Yeah. How do you
0: feel as someone in the White House? Well, I want to say I'm initially suspicious because my tour group is made up of exclusively women. Yes. Um, and so I'm, in, I'm initially suspicious just at the odd circumstances that surround that. Um, and now as I'm witnessing this, uh, I am probably further confused and probably personally offended and scared for my own safety and well-being as he this this boy with the shoe now begins to shout um, pretty uh, pretty rude things about and rude assumptions about me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, did that strike you at all? This all women tour group.
1: It did. I immediately noticed it, and it immediately made me realize what was going to happen to Corey.
0: Yeah. Uh, Corey uh, asks Donna if she has a cell phone in her pocket. Donna's like, no, and then she reaches and she sees it. She's like, oh, who put this cute thing here? Like, I didn't and she do that. Just
1: decides to keep it.
0: Yep. Um, Corey says, hello, Kimberly. Uh, says kind of like, uh, I think he gives a little speech or something, but the only line I wrote down was, wait, uh, he She's been waiting on the day you can guide your way into my heart. (laughs) I liked it. I liked that line. Um, And she's like, my name's not Kimberly, I'm Donna. Right? Corey doesn't care what her name is. And um, now Candy shows up in the midst of this. Candy says, so you don't know any Kimberly, huh?
1: If Corey just didn't stammer yep he could have explained this
0: but it's like i don't understand candy just was at peace so like if you walk into this is this gonna further make you think like oh so there is a kimberly look bryce at the end of the day mm-hmm.
1: some women just need to be lied to okay that's what Corey tells us what a yikes i like it came out of his mouth and i mm-hmm. I, I doubled I, because that, this is not that this was not the trajectory of the episode
0: no, not it at all. It
1: makes it seem like the message of the episode is about, you know, Corey's sexism, which, you know, that's a, that's a pretty classic sitcom plot, mm-hmm. especially for, like, sitcoms with younger male characters as the main character. Yeah, it, It's a real thing to confront as a, you know, male growing up at a young age, mm-hmm. that inherent sexism of being a male. But, like, this wasn't the episode. It was about Corey's lying. Yeah. And it suddenly that's... becomes about Corey being offensive to women and mm-hmm. the way that he does it's so blatant like yeah in in an episode where he was otherwise acting pretty mild
0: yeah it's um, almost michael scott-esque in a way but there's no irony to it no um, no
1: none whatsoever there's nothing to really yeah. laugh at either
0: no it's just cory shouting at a group of women that uh some of y'all need to be lied to and then he calls out this Poor, poor girl. Um, Her costume. (laughs) Would you have worn that costume if your husband told you the truth? Corey says. (laughs) When you dig yourself into a hole, you have to dig deeper to find the way out. So, he's definitely doing that with this (laughs) line. Would you have worn that costume if your husband told you the truth? So, the costume being her clothes yep she's like dressed perfectly fine i thought um, i think
1: it's because the pants were checkerboard like red and black
0: if your husband told you the truth like as in this woman asked her husband by the way love that Corey just assumes that she's married um and that she's married Very uh, to a husband yep so i think that's that's uh pretty awful and so uh is he implying that like she she asked her husband, "Like, hey, is this a good outfit?" And the husband said, "Yes," but would have been lying.
1: Yes, because okay. you have to lie to your wives.
0: Yeah, this is the yep. rule. Um, and so Corey says this. The whole group, again, uh, full tour group of women, rightfully so, offended and bothered by this beeping shoe man uh, who just shouted at their tour guide. <laughs> um. The this turns into uh, get them. Let's get them.
1: Okay, um, and we uh for some reason they played a scene from Napper's delight. I thought it was really weird. Did you notice that?
0: <laughs> yeah, where we get a chase sequence of our tour group chasing Corey around the White House. Yeah, it was odd. I mean, it was really weird.
1: It must have been a mistake though. They wouldn't have done the same joke twice, especially for no. The I don't movie. think they so for the boomer moment.
0: Yeah, I don't the think I don't think they were lazy. No. No, it's, I think, maybe just a glitch with Apple TV. It had to be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the tour group takes off chasing Tanisha and Sophie. They're like, this is going to be good. Let's follow the chaos. Uh, we, Newt is left alone. Uh, holding the shoe. And that's the last we see of Newt. Okay, so goodbye to Newt. Um, <laughs> Corey now gets cornered. Um, he asks if there's any that they what anything he can do to make it up or uh anything that is non-violent that can happen to him right usually when you make
1: a mistake and mm-hmm. you're trying to find i guess some penance you could apologize mm-hmm. you confront what you said yeah you to have a frank discussion about what happened mm-hmm. or you could beg
0: you could just bet yeah. and ask what they Please. want you to do. Yeah. What do you What do you need? Um. And so, Candy's like, "Dude, you brought this upon yourself," which he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so now the president calls Sophie's cell phone, which, uh, to those keeping track at home, uh, is currently on Donna. Donna picks it up. It's the president. No way. No way. Um. She answers. And then Sophie takes it and acknowledges that the phone was hers. (gasps) Gasp. Um, Tanisha blames Sophie and runs away. And Sophie accepts. (laughs) Yeah, I wrote Sophie lets that happen.
1: Which is not something Sophie would do, but we're running out of time. So
0: (laughs) we've got a few minutes left. Um, Corey scolds Sophie in front of the tour group. In such a stern way that Mm
1: -hmm. it... Did not feel like I was watching Corey Baxter, the character, anymore. No.
0: Uh, they took Victor's lines and gave it yeah. to Corey. And Corey acknowledges that... Um, Candy acknowledges that she was smothering. And uh, she likes that Corey disciplines uh, Sophie and that it's so parental. <laughs> uh, once One thing I... I actually, thought mm-hmm. was really
1: funny about the scene... Was when Candy says that she loves when Corey puts his foot down, and then he starts oh, yeah. slamming his He's foot on the, li- on the his foot on the floor multiple times while the women go aw in the crowd. Mm-hmm. It's like it? five slaps on the
0: floor, and then just <laughs> muffled aws in the background. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> uh, Donna gets her line here. Oh, she says, and this concludes our near beatdown. Now I thought that was Rose Garden. Yep, so she takes her tour group to the Rose Garden. Um, all is not well, uh, and did not end well here. But apparently Donna's satisfied with whatever just happened. I mean, hey, um, it's another successful tour at the White House.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so our end scene, uh, Sophie had to do the dishes, right? So Sophie's the one who's in trouble here. Sophie's the bad person. This is the second time recently
1: we've gotten a scene like this. Mm -hmm. And I I don't dislike these scenes, actually. No. I think it's interesting. I like the chemistry that Corey and Sophie have developed. Mm -hmm. And I like when she's on the butt end of getting these punishments. Because it kind of evens the playing field and shows that... Oh, definitely. It plays into that sibling dynamic that was present in That's So Raven, but Corey in the House just does
0: not lean into. Um, Sophie asks Corey... Uh, if she's if he's going to marry Candy and have nine kids like she said, this catches Corey off guard. He says no. Uh, I liked this line actually a lot. I thought this was Sophie's uh, return here was pretty good. Um, is it your fear of commitment or is it your incapacity to love? Also love that line. Sophie asks Corey. Uh, so out of left field, but very uh, funny and honest. Uh, considering the character.
1: Yep.
0: Right. eats uh, a Cookie, and end of episode. Sweet Scene. Jesus, it's over. It's done. It's done. <laughs> right. Sitting pretty. So, what did we learn here today? What did we
1: learn? We learned that it is wrong to be a lying sexist. I guess. <laughs> pretty much. I don't know know. really learn anything
0: he didn't really was the good guy
1: like the episode starts with him with them being like Corey you gotta start you gotta stop lying stop lying so he does yes and uh Mm. huh
0: do we think Corey is never gonna lie again well he and he promised and so do we think next week this will stand true
1: Bryce we have three weeks to see if yeah. Cory will lie or not.
0: <laughs> Corey makes it to the end without lying once. Uh, I have I, I would be willing to like place good money on Corey lying in the opening sequence of next week's episode.
1: A Corey um, in the house episode needs Corey lying to function. Yes.
0: yeah. Um, so. We cut Bud. We're done with Bud now. We're no longer looking forward to anything. So we just have Rose and Thorn. Red, yeah. What was your rose of this episode?
1: My rose of this episode? Mm-hmm. Oh.
0: uh. Best thing. You want me to go? I can go. if you're yeah, thinking. you can go. So for me, I would say the best thing about the episode um, was a nice send-off to Stickler. Right? So... <laughs> Just like uh, last time we saw Stickler, and last time we said that our rose was the send-off to Stickler, I will once again say that the rose here is that Stickler has a very proper send-off. He's putting aside his spying ways, and he's going to be friends with the group until he dies tragically in a trash can. (laughs) (laughs) What was your rose, Ren?
1: Yeah. All right. My rose is the last 45 seconds of this episode. Yeah. From Corey stomping his foot down to the credits. Just uh, re- all the funniest bits were in this last stretch.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a, it was a solid ending. Uh, do we think Victor Martinez ever make it back?
1: I think... Well, Victor presumably landed safely on the water. In the river, yeah. So they're, they're, they're paddling back home as we speak.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your thorn here? What was the worst part about the episode?
1: Thorn. I'll be honest. Mm. Uh, It's funny. It was one of the things we were most excited about at the start of the season, but I am fucking sick of the Candy Cory nonsense. Yeah. It's eating up so much time. Candy is taking space away that used to be rotated pretty... uh, consistently between the side characters like Alexander, Stickler, Candy, like whoever else was like samantha samuels yes but now it's just been strictly candy and it's annoying these like their romance arc it's meandered for
0: so long that i've lost all investment yeah well there's there's not enough cohesion they kissed and they got together and there was zero fallout of that we just jumped straight to as if they've been dating on and off for months yeah and like this is just what it is now yeah no, I agree with that. I, I think that's a solid one. Uh, she, so Mina, I feel like you and I have done a nice job pinpointing why Mina as a character just does not work. Yeah. Candy, I don't know if you and I have spent as much time on why she as a character doesn't work versus what she takes away from the show. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what do you think that is? Why do you think that her character just doesn't work? Is it because, is she all over the place? is it the inconsistencies well i think a big issue with
1: any episodic series in any Mm -hmm. sitcom is that when you introduce a romantic story arc and like a love interest for the lead you have to make sure that that love interest is a compelling character in their own right has good chemistry with the lead Mm -hmm. is funny especially for a sitcom because realistically the only way to make to sell a romance is for those two characters to be on screen together a lot. So for the Candy-Corey plot to function at all, she needs all this screen time. But when it comes to the actual writing, because let's compare Candy to someone like Steve from Full House. Yeah. Because he's like like one of the universal sitcom love interests.
0: And just to be clear, you and I will go more in depth with this when we (laughs) cover Full House. That's right. Uh, We'll have a what's his name? Scott Winger? The actor? I don't know. I don't know his name. Aladdin. He's so charming, though. He's so he is, charming. He's
1: very charming. Yeah, but uh, Steve on Full House. He is one of the funniest characters on the show. He's mm-hmm. DJ's boyfriend for like two or three seasons. He's not. He's not even like in like half the show, but in the episodes he's in, he has a commanding presence and he gels well with the rest of the cast. And there's mm-hmm. a genuine effort to make sure that he's not just tied to DJ. He interacts with everyone in Full House. Whereas yep. Candy, she's a satellite for Corey. And when she's not with Corey, she's with Mina because they're the girls. And together yeah. they, they make one girl character who has a little bit, who's not exactly one-dimensional, but she's not quite three-dimensional either. Yeah. another thing is it's inconsistency with the way Candy's been written. She's never yeah. had like a quirk. Stickler's, for better or worse, has always been the creep. And a lot of the humor mm-hmm. around him kind of like plays into that angle. With mm-hmm. Candy, she's, uh, she loves school, she's smart, yep. she's strong and can hurt Corey. It's like she, a type A. Yeah. Yeah. She's utterly in love with him. But like, that's not the, that's, those are traits you give a background character who's not going to come into the main cast. Mm-hmm. It's not someone you give a love interest who's going to appear in virtually every single episode of your second season.
0: And um, so to that point, like thinking about their dynamic, Corey and Candy, Corey is the flawed one. Yes. Corey, everything is always on Corey, which based on what we've seen, that like it makes sense. But we Mm -hmm. also don't get those balanced episodes where Candy does something wrong and Corey's like, oh, how do I tell her? Or like, that's right. How do I handle this situation? So we're not getting that dynamic relationship. We're really only getting like... Candy has it all together, Corey's the slacker, Um, and we're supposed to just accept them as, like, the mess of a couple that they are. I'm glad you bring that
1: up, Mm -hmm. because I feel like another big problem with their relationship is that Corey is never truly challenged to change or grow. Yes. Because the nature of their relationship is just, it lacks a true enough foundation Mm -hmm. For there to be yeah. meaningful characterization for like Cory to actually change.
0: Because it's a, it's always Raven, just oh Cory.
1: Even Raven had a boyfriend who gave her character development, and that's so Raven. I think his name was Devin or something. I I do not know anything about that,
0: but it's that maybe.
1: Yeah. Devin Carter, Raven's boyfriend and later ex-husband in Raven's Home.
0: Oh, interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Okay. Makes makes me want to watch Raven's Home.
1: So that's it. that is that's actually very interesting. I'm glad they did something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, yeah, Candy is just a failure of a character on a writing level. Yeah, and I, when she was introduced in season one, I think we both wondered if she would come back or not, if she would be a one-off, because mm-hmm. like the nerdy schoolgirl, like class president trope, you know, it's overdone. It's You know who you didn't watch Boy Meets World, but she reminds me of a worse Topanga. Oh, yeah. Yeah. uh, I I, I mean, people love Topanga, though. People love Topanga. Topanga? Yeah. People love Topanga, but she develops a lot over the course of Boy Meets World. Mm -hmm. She goes
0: through significant character changes within the first few seasons. I, um, so I'm thinking about also how much. Time because I, I think you made a really good point tonight, Ren, and talking about Candy and like how much time she's taking away from the side characters, but not even just the side characters. Like, when was the last time Corey said anything at all about DC3? Yeah, that's um, right.
1: Blow up shuating was a huge part of the yeah. first two episodes, and it's been non existent since.
0: And even so, like, we had the episode with um uh what's his face i want to say lionel but that's that's the rat stanley um stanley yeah he had uh we had the episode with stanley where cory had like a money scheme but like i feel like we've had less and less cory wants to make money schemes mm-hmm. as well um and like those are Corey's bread and butter and the supporting cast that exists is like centered around those things yeah um i have a feeling that we won't get to see and we might see DC three again, but it's like so hard to picture these storylines with a Candy existing. The romance has just
1: become such a tumor for the show mm-hmm. that it's hard to get around. Like every episode is either Corey and Candy or Corey's trying to kiss some random girl who we've never seen before and who we're never going to see again because his girlfriend is a regular cast member on the show. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's like, who do the writers think they're fooling at this point? I mean, no wonder your show got canceled even without the writer's strike it's hard it's impossible for anyone to actually stay invested in these arcs and stories when even the writers clearly don't give a shit about keeping anything even remotely mm-hmm. cohesive
0: but what happens to them yeah. yeah i mean so uh i i didn't get my thorn I'll, I'll say the same thing i'll say that it's candy yeah. um just cause, to kind of like to to wrap up our conversation but um I mean, good stuff, Ren. Like, I, I, I think you, you raise a lot of good points about why she is such a flawed character, why her introduction and her use is such a big issue. Uh, and we have three episodes left. I don't know how, how prevalent she is, but I'm hoping that it is toned down a little bit. So, um, all right. Any, uh, do you want to do Martinez or episode uh, reviews? There actually aren't any episode reviews tonight. Oh no, VG Freak! This, 8. This I'm so worried.
1: La- this is not the last night without episode reviews. I think VG Freak has one more, then he's done. But then we have, I think, some randoms take over for the finale. Rand, that would be like you and I literally like stopping here. I know VG Freak makes it so far and then <laughs> does not make it to the end. <laughs> I like I peeked ahead just to make sure. Yeah, but uh, nothing. He gives up. Wow. Not not so that let's... I can blame him. To be completely honest, yeah.
0: No I'm sure that the candy Cory stuff probably tired Fiji Freegate. want to know some trivia though? Yeah, let's give uh, give us some trivia. This episode was available on
1: Disney XD before its air date. and if you remember I believe Disney XD was was like its hardcore website for Disney Channel shows.
0: Yeah, yep. It was like the the Teen Nick branding I think. yeah. Um. Maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe they, well, no, we know that, that they were trying to age the show up a little bit.
1: Yes. They, like, they, because the intention originally was to, or out from our theories early, early on, was to make uh, Raven's Home.
0: Yes. A a spin-off starring
1: Raven in college, which presumably would have tackled these more adult themes. So stuff like playing house would have been more appropriate with, you know, 19-year-old mm-hmm. Raven in college dealing with things that versus college-age yeah. students deal with. And not, you know, 15-year-old kids living at the White House with their chef dad and mm-hmm. uh, Lionel the rat.
0: <laughs> Lionel isn't there, just a reminder. Um, <laughs> he's not... Uh, no, he is. He's, he is, he is
1: canonically in the White House, but in our version of the show, he is yeah. ratatouille Eddie. Eddie, yes.
0: So, um... Martinez here. He goes away somewhere. Um, all of a sudden, it hits the front page of the New York Times. Uh, White House tour gone awry when uh, America's Angel caught uh, pretending to be someone else, prank calling uh, another individual. Uh, well, probably Coy. They'd probably yeah. use his name because everyone knows who he is. Um, and Corey also shouts uh, some pretty offensive things at this, this tour group.
1: Occurs in the historic White House hallway.
0: Yes. So, and uh, Martinez to quote him in this episode: "Corey, you're in charge."
1: And <laughs> that'll be the quote that the papers use.
0: Yes, Corey in charge. This is bad. I think these are terrible optics and Mm.
1: things are not looking good for martinez so you know the press is going to eat up anything to tear Mm. him down
0: america's angel like the one person who seemed untouched by all of the the negative press that martinez gets
1: i can see the new yorker cartoon right now that caption is america's angel more like america's (laughs) a-hole and it's a guy reading a book in a like a dentist waiting office yeah as Sophie and Martinez aren't in it. You know, New Yorker cartoon. Smart humor.
0: So, I mean, I, I he's at negative 200 at the moment as a model behavior.
1: I'm thinking at least a quarter drop.
0: Yeah, like 225. I would go to 230.
1: Let's do 230. Okay.
0: So that 230? Um, we posted this chart on our Instagram. Yes, we did. Uh, I believe this week. And so people were able to see that the chart now represents accurately uh going from the peak is uh on the scale is 100 it goes all the way down to 250 and martinez uh peaked at about uh, what is the 60 yeah yeah
1: uh the worst president in human history
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and so lastly ren to tie up this conversation um what are we going to rate this episode? You, We didn't really talk about the overall quality, just a lot of different bits of it. That's true. Uh, so, like
1: most episodes mm-hmm. from this last stretch of season two, it's chaotic and not necessarily in a good way. Mm-hmm. There are genuinely funny jokes, but they're peppered and sandwiched around just dreadful storytelling, really irritating character dialogue and humor that more often than not does not land yeah for me i think i'm gonna and also this one was weirdly derivative
0: yeah it was the
1: fact that it lifted the boomer moment from napper's delight without even really like committing to it which i i can't decide if it's better or worse you know it's one thing to lift something it's another Mm -hmm. to just repeat it exactly so whatever I, i
0: think worse i think it was a lot worse this time yeah
1: it was definitely worse this time. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm saying that Napper's Delight is better, but I don't know if it's worse that this episode Oh, like half-assed it or... Because, you know, if they committed to the full bit, it could have mm-hmm. just been annoying to see the whole thing again. Yeah. But just doing like half
0: of it, why bother, mm-hmm. right? A couple of scenes. Um, yeah. I get it. What are you thinking?
1: I, I'm going to give it a three.
0: Okay. Um. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm looking at what I gave the past episodes. Um, did I have more fun watching this? That's, <laughs> man. <laughs> Than, like, Model Behavior or Making the Braid, both of which were controversial and really uh, awful episodes to get through. Uh, I'd say, like, 3.5. Okay. I would say. Um, I, I, yeah. Not much to rave about here. This even uh, about higher, right? yeah. It's we we hit our high at lip service, and now it's just really we've been highest that the past uh, six, seven episodes I've gotten uh, is a three.
1: Oh, uh, sorry, wow. it's a, four. a four. I so can't believe that I, lip service was the
0: fourth episode of this season. I know, right? Yeah, it's we gave lip service an eight in an eight point five. Damn. and it was probably followed by who let the dolls out which got a <laughs> one in a 1.5 from us so man so many like i'm missing elements from season one so much it it's so funny going
1: into season two i really thought it would become a more refined show but mm-hmm. cory in the house has only
0: lost its identity <laughs> three episodes <laughs> left um so if you've made it here, uh, thank Congrats. you. Congrats. Thank you all so much. Um, we appreciate your support. Uh, if you want to continue to support us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we, uh, try to engage in, in different ways. So check us out there. Uh, also go ahead and give us a, if you haven't already, uh, give our podcast a rating, give it a five stars. If you felt it was five stars or however you felt it. And then uh, let us know what you think in the comments on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you are listening. Um, otherwise, we will be back next week for uh, season two, episode 11, Macho Libre. Um, oh man, okay. Uh, you a big Macho Libre fan? So I watched it on a cruise. Uh-huh. Uh, I went on a cruise when... I was maybe like 11. Something about me is that I hated going anywhere. Yeah. When I was young, because it meant... I was probably older. I was even like 13 or 14. But I hated going anywhere because I didn't like uh, not being able to be on my computer. Not being able to be on like AIM Uh or email. Right. And so I felt on a cruise, I was like, I couldn't text or email anyone. as before they had like Wi-Fi on their ships. Yeah. Uh, And so all I did for the most part, for the entire, like, six-day cruise, was sit in our cabin and watch HBO movies. And I watched Natural Libre. Did you like Mm -hmm. it? So, I remember, um, the only thing I remember from it is, uh, there's a scene where he's, like, at a party, and a woman is, like, I think, wants to seduce him, and, he goes up to the bedroom and when he goes up there she's up there already and he's like how would you get up here so quick and she's like a secret tunnel and it's like a little like mouse hole in the corner have you seen it I have seen it I love Nacho Libre is what I said does that
1: sound familiar at all or is that absolute nonsense it does sound familiar but I don't know the last time I watched Nacho Libre I was really sick oh so and I feel like I remember
0: something about a tunnel
1: I was in like a I was in a fevered state.
0: Yeah, so should you and I get sick to watch uh Corey in the House Macho Libre next week. Meet me at the red line, let's lick some steps. Okay. Yeah, we can um uh the closet, so the closet that um is upstairs in my apartment doesn't get the AC. So I think I will I'll sit in there for a little bit. Uh right before watch uh we podcast about Macho Libre.
1: Nice, getting nice and sweaty
0: yeah um but yeah so we'll be there and we look forward to having that discussion um additionally uh you will also hear from us on wednesday when uh we talk about the hannah montana episode starring president martinez and sophie uh, which we are about to record right after this Uh, but timeline wise it'll seem like uh it'll be new to you all which is kind of weird um and so you, you can check that out. And then lastly, uh, just a reminder, we are talking about In the Heights at the end of this podcast, after <laughs> the, the end credits. Uh, there are spoilers abound. So if you do want to see it or have any interest uh, in, in taking a look at it, um, do that before listening to our conversation on it. So uh, anything else, Ryan? I'm ready to record Hannah Montana. And to talk about. <laughs> For another hour and a half yikes yeah and this was like this was not a short podcast by any means thank you all so much for listening uh and i hope that you have a great rest of your day
1: i hope you enjoyed the voyage of the don shredder sail safe
0: take care everyone bye bye brazen randy some electric guitar So, what was your rosebud and thorn for In the Heights? Um, let's see. My rose was when the sun goes down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like that number. Um, my bud, something that I would like to see more of from In the Heights. (laughs) In the Heights too. Um, yeah, too. I think uh, Abuela.
1: Yeah.
0: If they could, um we get more abuela that'd be cool um and then my thorn um that it was a spinoff of how i met your mother <laughs> yeah oh uh, what was your rose button thorn of uh in the heights all right my rose
1: Hmm. i don't want to just take yours i'm trying to think of good my butt is definitely abuela too
0: yeah, we need more more Boila.
1: I thought it was such a waste to reshuffle her song or, uh, I don't know, man. I, I won't get into this right now because I'll just domino effect. Uh, Rose. <laughs> I don't know what my Rose would be. I generally liked the performances in the movie.
0: Okay. Like the actors a, did
1: their best. I thought it was a well-acted film. I agree. Uh, yeah, I liked 96,000 a lot. Not as oh, much yeah. as the musical, but I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, it was a different kind of energy, but mm. it was still like a good energy. It was. Um, yeah, I agree with the acting. Like, Sonny was very charismatic. Usnavi was likable. Um, I know you didn't love um, Nomadiga, but I thought was. I don't that was like the salon
1: stuff to begin with, though.
0: I also don't like the salon stuff to begin with. Though.
1: Oh, so the movie elevated it. The movie you. elevated it for me, yeah. For me, it significantly lowered it.
0: <laughs> you didn't like the mannequin heads? Like the, the heads that were turning and stuff? I, I can that was appreciate fun. that. I, I The music, the
1: singing itself in that mm-hmm. song in particular, it, the energy didn't, a lot of the energy in general didn't match the musical.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: Nomi Diga was the one that it was the most impactful for me other than Blackout.
0: Um, you really didn't like Blackout. Is I that what you
1: mean by that? I didn't dislike Blackout blackout but it was much lower energy than the musical
0: it was yeah it was
1: um they downplay a lot of the mania
0: yes i was just gonna say it was a lot less chaotic um
1: in general it downplays a lot of the negative aspects mm -hmm. of living in the heights
0: yeah like so i
1: wanted to be like a feel-good community movie
0: yes well so because benny um ditches uh nina right yeah and Nina's like, where are you going? And he's like, I gotta go, like, uh, to
1: the, dispatch. the
0: dispatch. Yeah, and Repressed. I thought so I thought that was making, like, I thought we were going in a different direction where there was going to be some tension or follow-up from that, mm-hmm. but there isn't. Uh, we don't, There's we no don't... reason for him to go to the dispatch. Yeah, we. other than what he, like, cares about his job and he, like, wants to make sure everyone's safe, maybe. That's, um, so the
1: what I got from that mm-hmm. scene is that is him wanting to like save face for his job. I did not get him trying to save the community because up to that point, Benny's arc is all about trying to save his job to the point where he confronts Kevin about it mm-hmm. at like Abuela's death dinner. Yes, I wouldn't be surprised if that's part of what killed her.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she was just so devastated. No, it's like Ren. It's so weird to see so many people experiencing in the heights for the first time and the rave reviews um, i know the like across the board this movie was magical it was beautiful um and sure it like was but i don't think that there's anything earth-shattering here no especially I don't so. knowing the uh, original context
1: it takes a very surface-level approach to the source material mm-hmm. and sanitizes a lot of what makes In the Heights such a compelling musical to begin with.
0: Yeah. Like, going back to Benny, uh, like, Kevin disliking Benny um, for, like, racial prejudice doesn't happen yeah. uh, in here. There's, there's no, uh, none of that. No kind of racial um, tension between them or uh, disapproval. From him, really, which makes Benny, Nina, and uh, Kevin's storyline fall that much flatter. Poor when Kevin. they've all
1: already cut so much out of it, Kevin's story gets gutted the worst, I think. Yeah, he's they cast such an amazing actor for him, and they do nothing.
0: No, yeah, they just let him um, get upset about. I'm the adult. I handle the money. Your mother, yeah. God rest her soul. Yes and then he tries to handle the money um and he learns that she can still enroll and like that's that like there's no she can they like (laughs) confront each i mean, pretty much right they confront each other he's like upset she's like you can't put all your weight on me and that that's it and then later on she's like yeah i'll go back
1: it's it's Um, so weird and the, In the sh- fact that she has, mm-hmm. that the film has Nina confronting Kevin about that specifically, but they don't have Inutil at yeah. all.
0: <laughs> Why? There's nothing to connect that thread to. No. Like, he, his whole story is based, I mean, so many of the character's stories are is are based on the generation that came before them, right? Yeah. Um, it's and theme. it's, it's not a theme that is accurately- or that is well represented here um, or as well represented, perhaps. I, I would
1: say it isn't ultimately represented because of changes made to Abuela's story. Because mm-hmm. a, a big f- part about Abuela's arc is early on in Paciencia In Fe* in the musical, at least, she mentions that she's living out her mother's dreams too. Yes. So that generation aspect, it extends all the way back even to Abuela, mm-hmm. who's at this point like two or three generations behind our main characters. But because that that song is moved so late into the musical, mm-hmm. I don't think, like, because de Fé is important in establishing themes for the musical as well. That's why it's so early. Yes. And if you yeah. have it come late to be Abuela's death, yes, it's impactful. It's very emotional. I cried during the movie, during that sequence. But, mm-hmm. like, from a point of, like, actual storytelling, you lose so much.
0: Yeah. I, so I think I said this to you, but it feels like um because of where they put it and at that point the movie we'd already seen some of the changes taking place here in that we knew abuela wasn't going to reveal in that song that she won the lottery ticket so i already felt like the movie was no longer taking uh as many big risks as the musical as like the show did so at this point that i think i said to you i was almost expecting her to live yeah Um, you told me that (laughs) i was like i even like after the song i was expecting her to turn around and be like yeah i'll stick around um because it felt like the stakes uh because it was after blackout too right where yes, it just it felt was. like the stakes were so much
1: lower um well they definitely are because her death isn't built up to part of building yeah. up of her death in the musical is that after blackout she she sings with usnavi
0: in hundreds of stories yes she's perfectly fine Mm -hmm. But it's as the blackout goes on, as it wears more and more on the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. But it's okay, because the community gets together to celebrate. Yeah. Abuela's death. Mm -hmm. Nothing but, yeah. We didn't even get, um, there was no Atencien, right?
1: No. Yeah. It's funny, they put all, they give all this focus on the dispatch um, Kevin having to sell The Dispatch
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, like, Benny having to lose his job at The Dispatch, but they don't include Kevin's main gesture of using The Dispatch from the mm-hmm. musical. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, in the Heights. Uh, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell people to watch it.
1: Me too. I mean, if it's if it's your only way to experience In the Heights... Mm-hmm definitely do watch it, because it's a very well-made movie Go on, like, it. a technical
0: level. Uh, I don't know how this works. Is it possible that... So, because there were certain changes to it, to just, like, lines, uh, like the previously Donald Trump um, He's My Caddy, to now it was Tiger Woods, He's My yeah, Caddy. Right. Um, so, I'm curious, and, like, um, some of the changes that they did were uh, they what's it called uh what's a good way to say it like uh, not updating but like making it modernized modernized yeah i guess so um where it's kind of like taking into account the, the modern day yeah so modernize, modernized works um but i wonder as like uh high schools or local theaters pick up in the heights to do on stage will any of these changes uh be there
1: good question Right? I, 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 I don't I could see Minerva being renamed Kuka.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like what, I, I I'll don't about that for a little bit. Uh, we'll we'll put a note, note after, after this segment because we got to talk about Kuka.
0: Yeah. So I. Yeah. So I, I don't think, in terms of the larger changes to the story, I don't think that there will be um, those big changes to the script. But I wonder, like some of the smaller like line changes here or there. Um, I gotta wonder if those will. Be changed up as well uh, i'm trying cause it, to remember like because the thing is a lot of
1: the significant changes in the movie <laughs> and for me this was a big uh thumbs down was that yeah. the dialogue in interrupts and slows down music yes so yeah. like if you listen to uh what's vanessa's song in
0: the music people in the stream blah, 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 yeah. uh breathe is it just breathe, breathe. oh no um I'm on the elevator train and I'm running away. Uh, it won't be, it won't long, be now. long now.
1: Yes. So in the musical... I don't know why that took us so long <laughs> It won't be long now. Okay. So in the musical, that's one like seamless sequence where Vanessa's singing. She leaves the salon. She goes to the store. Usnavi asks her out. Uh, Usnavi and Sunny do their little dance. Ends with Vanessa. In the movie, it's Vanessa at the salon... Big sequence break for dialogue. Mm-hmm. Savi and Sunny do their little bit of the song and then Vanessa closes
0: out in a very stilted manner. <laughs> yeah. But, like it's it, so dragged out. Because right, she um she like comes in. That's when they have the whole thing where like, she walks over to the freezer and she's like there, he draws a smiley face. <laughs> uh, and she's like, You got something on your shirt. The tide pen, right? That's significant. That's the, the tide uh, pen. Um and then yeah and then she uh, Sonny does the drunk Cheetah Rivera thing. So <sighs> what it,
1: it's insane to me the fact that they will cut stuff like hundreds of stories mm-hmm. and attention uh, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna look up the name of the song right now before we spend enough. <laughs> But enough is an amazing one that they cut. I love that one. Enough
0: is it, that's what I've seen in, in terms of like people who were comparing the two. People really feel that Enough should have been here. I'm actually uh, glad you bring that up because I was telling this to Nicole after
1: mm-hmm. we watched the film. Yeah. But Enough is one of those songs where I feel like Lynn might not write in his career at this point just because he's yeah more experienced and enough on a surface level. It's like, a, it's a side character at the end of the show, resolving two major characters' arcs. But yes. that's what makes it endearing. Because what, what's special about it Enough is that it gives everyone a voice, and then it reminds us that everyone in the Heights is on a level mm-hmm. playing field. And yep. it shows that Kevin and Nina's arcs aren't just like, they aren't just affecting each other. They're affecting Camilla. Uh, what's it, her name is Camila, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Yeah. Yes, it um, is Camila. Yep. Yeah find Camila yep yeah but uh it speaks to the movie's ideals as an adaptation it wants to adapt the big Usnavi Vanessa love story and make it a big love story when in the musical it's just one part of Usnavi part of it the Mm -hmm. lamppost he's illuminating all these different yes the people that I know they keep on rolling down the streets he says like the point of Vanessa's arc isn't the romance; it's a no. part of it because Usnavi has feelings for it's, her. Yeah, but but like that's inherent to Usnavi being the narrator. He's part of every everyone's story. story. Yes, but the <laughs> movie mistakes the Vanessa story as the main one. Mm-hmm. Well, is, it's insane if you're gonna pick any of them, make it Abuela. Well, when you want to be a fashion
0: designer, Ren, um, <laughs> they they stole Graffiti Pete's moment. They did. And because and they, I felt like we saw him more, or like they named him a couple times, so we knew we were like, oh, that's Graffiti Pete. Like this yeah. is his thing. But they took away. Um, so again, one of the the changed lines in uh, in blackout, uh, people uh, in the streets looting and shooting. People looting and shooting. And shooting. Yeah. So they uh, got rid of that um, for obvious reasons, I think. Yeah. Um, but Graffiti Pete isn't like you're. Friendly neighborhood graffiti Pete. Not uh, at all. he graffiti Pete is he vandalizes the the store um, mm-hmm. during that number, and later on we see him doing it again, and that's when Usnavi has the whole um, not Usnavi. That's when Vanessa has the whole uh, abuela, uh, right. you know, uh, mural idea at the end of the show. So it's like, but without. <laughs> Yeah. She does take his moment. Oh, and-, it. and it's it's unnecessary because Vanessa
1: has her arc. Mhm. Like she has a complete cohesive arc that's yeah. independent she- of everything else in the show. It's her leaving. Mm-hmm. She the wants to get out and that is yeah. that's her storyline. Yeah. But uh now she's uh opening up a f- fashion boutique inside this convenience
0: mm-hmm. store. I mean, yeah, and I saw uh- I saw a comment that I, I really appreciated, and it's like, um, I guess that in the movie, you can see that the lease that Usnavi so graciously gets co-signed for her is something like, uh, like $2,750 a month. No, Bryce, um, it's $3,500. Yeah, so there you go. Vanessa um, is spending $3,500
1: a month on rent. Mm-hmm. It's <sighs> the
0: And movie, Usnavi it...
1: signs it for her. It's so unrealistic. The it tr- it changes things to try to be more realistic to the Latin American experience. Mm-hmm. And like, as a Brazilian person who's lived in the United States his entire life, and who's like, I've never been as poor as like anyone in 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 the Heights. Mm-hmm. But you know, I'm. Oh, I growing up, I knew people who were that poor, and you know, being part of like a church community growing up, you intersect with a lot of these people, mm-hmm. and in the heights of the musical i'd say it's a very authentic depiction of a latin of a latin american lower class community trying to get by at at an age where gentrification is taking hold yes the movie wants to play into these very relevant and very real issues of like dreamers and deportation and you know mm-hmm. green card stuff and just the latin american experience yeah but it's handled in such a clumsy way and it's done by removing the things that made it authentic in the to begin with, mm-hmm. like uh, in the musical, Nina overworks herself trying to pay off college and can't keep up with the workload.
0: Yes. Which is a very,
1: very real and relatable struggle. Yes. In the movie, her, I believe it's like her white roommate loses her pearls, Nina yeah, gets serving on her first day of school, and then gives up. Mm-hmm. She drops out, and so... Like, her arc of, like, her arc of pushing herself to the breaking point. The absolute limit. Of the absolute limit is changed into her giving up the first instance she's dealt with racial injustice, which, in reality, she would have been dealing with her entire life because she was living in the barrio. Mm -hmm. And this is a detail that spills into Sunny's arc as well, because a big point in the movie is that he doesn't know he can't go to college undocumented despite the fact that Sonny's arc is driven by the fact that he is an activist and he does these protests on a weekly basis mm-hmm. he's the worst character to pick to like catch off guard he of course he would 100% know yeah He'd be and the his... one advocating to
0: fix this immediately and because he definitely knows um like his father brings up that he that that was um a scene by the way Oh um, right. <laughs> which I, I felt like uh, it I I don't know if it was a good scene or not, to be honest. It mm-hmm. it it, I, it was just totally uh kind of out of left field. Th- that's um, the thing with these additions. They like sure
1: it's a dramatic scene, and Anthony yeah. Rainbows gets to do some pretty heavy mm-hmm. acting. Yes, he does. But
0: like it's in the heights, come on. Mm-hmm. This is so out of place. Uh, but so he brings up that Sonny's been getting paid um through cash right um yeah. and so it's like so sunny is aware of some of the the limitations um that exist or some of the the barriers that exist uh, he, he's as a result aware that he doesn't have a social yes but you know well, he what would you the... think about
1: alejandro <laughs> alejandro uh usnavi's old friend who helps him yeah like i guess his guardian angel like, pretty, it was never made clear if he was, like, a literal presence or I mean, figure it.
0: The movie, like, I'm pretty sure it's the scene right after the opening number, right, where he, like, comes into the store, and it's like, oh, hey, uh, you know how you've always wanted to go back? Uh, go for it. And Nusnavi's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, the, what, what are we about to watch then? Because the musical, like, that's the whole story, his whole thing is i would love to go there that's you know i feel passionate about going back but i can't yeah because financially it would just be reckless um and i have like my my roots right now have to be here and then of course abuela wins they decide to split the money uh one-third him one-third sunny one-third uh abuela and then he's he has the means to go back right so that's his his story um But yeah, literally the the second scene of this, he's like, yeah, I'm going. And so then it's like, so what are we about to watch here? And it's... It it undercuts a lot of
1: Usnavi's struggles, too, because he... Mm -hmm. In the musical, he's just getting by, and that's a line Mm -hmm. in the... Like, in the opening number, they're just getting by. It's a huge point of the show. But if Usnavi has this money to not only be able to purchase the land, his father's bar was on Mm -hmm. and rebuild the cabana and immigrate back to the Dominican Republic. Like, he's way better off than the film is suggesting. Also, super important detail, what the the hell happened to his mother? In the musical, Usnavi's, like, arc is tied to his parents, not just his dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, they died together. They got sick together. Mm -hmm. It's one of the saddest details about his backstory. It is. And
0: here it's... (laughs) Dad.
1: Best days oh. of my life. Didn't even remember it.
0: No. Um, I, a question that I have for you, mm-hmm. and we already touched on it, so I, I should have mentioned it earlier, but in the show, can you refresh my memory? Yeah. Does Nina go back to college at the end of the show? Or is it not clarified? <sighs> I don't think it's clarified.
1: I feel like it's not clear. Yeah. Like, but I... I- I think she's going to do, she's found a new direction, mm-hmm. but I don't think she's necessarily going back to college. And also, also because the, her financial issues aren't exactly resolved by the end of the no. musical. Not like no. in the movie where everything's hunky-dory.
0: Mm-hmm. Kevin sold the business. He never has to worry about money again. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the dry cleaner can have double the the space, right? It's the same guy. He wants the whole thing. Yeah. Dude, yeah. $9 a shirt. I looked up dry cleaner
1: prices. They're like 6 dollars at most.
0: So no. I... Yeah, I was talking to Jenna about this. Jenna did bring up a, a decent point is that the stitching is like... It's really specific. So maybe the it needs to be handled with like really extra care.
1: That is um, a
0: good point. But it's still... It's a, a very high price. And when he turns the calculator and it's like 138 bucks or something along those lines... Um. Yeah, it's but tight. he'll wait. He'll waive the
1: rush order fee for her. Don't worry.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome to the neighborhood.
1: Obuela <laughs> uh, kindly says to him,
0: "Yeah, How it's come like no one looted his
1: store during the blackout, huh?" Mm-hmm.
0: It's because they that was cut. Ren There wasn't. There was no chaos in during the song blackout. There was no, nothing.
1: All right, I just it was, looked it up. Nina does go
0: back to school in the musical. In the musical, okay, yeah, um, I'm fine with that. I, I feel like um, see, so yeah, and I didn't even, even remember because I just know she ends up with Benny, yeah, in the show, and like that's where her plot brings her. Like her plot is about find like ha- finding a piece of home, um, and like, like even her, if it's only February, her, it's Benny, yeah, because like so,
1: the whole song is like even if it's just for the summer. And that kind of extends to her going back to school too. She might not necessarily be able to complete her entire education because, realistically, the financial issues will come back. Yes, but you yeah. know, it's still a valuable experience that she'll get something out of.
0: Yeah, Daniela, uh, Daniela, <laughs> and Carla and Kuka from the salon. Why didn't they just keep her Minerva? She's a canon character. Um, uh, I don't know if is Minerva canon. I feel like I feel like Minerva was uh, a little a little bit of an added role. I feel like
1: this I mean, like whatever version, version of In the Heights gets workshop for schools must have like these little extra characters. Yes. And the Kuka Minerva role, whatever the real name is, mm-hmm. was just one that the movie picked because you know might as well add someone to round out the uh, salon numbers.
0: Yeah, I mean she didn't add much anything yeah is she um because uh daniela who's the like the leader of the salon is it daniela
1: yeah daniela is the leader
0: okay and then carla was the one who is a little bit like ditzy
1: yeah she can't right? speak spanish is yeah like her main defining trait besides yeah. that um and hookah she has she has a crush on usnavi it's like a little mm-hmm. love triangle that doesn't go anywhere
0: yeah she loves the Tide pen. Yeah, you're right. She was a big fan of the Tide pen. During what the last was that?
1: Scene, I kept thinking about how funny it would be if instead of revealing Vanessa, uh, Kuka <laughs> walked in. Because <laughs> <laughs> why include her, right? She adds nothing. She barely no. even sings.
0: Um, I don't know. I think... There's, there's a thing with trios. Yeah. I think trios are more compelling than duos.
1: I think they're more friendly for audiences to latch onto. Because, mm. you know, if you go with a group of friends, you got a little trio. Yes. Impose yourselves onto.
0: Um, anything else within the heights here? Uh, hmm. Carnival del Barrio was, uh, was a fun song. Oh, inappropriate. <laughs> inappropriate? Say more. I mean, Abuela just died. Yes, yeah. The celebration in the street, the timing of it, not great. The reshuffling
1: of the songs in general, mm-hmm. I think, was one of my biggest flaws because it's such an airtight show. Why, why, mm-hmm. why, touch it? You know, nothing needed to
0: be necessarily changed in that way. It's so. I think the reason why is because the show. Uh, a common criticism that I've seen and heard of the show is the ending, and really? I think. I think that people feel like the ending is a little bit too open, too loose. And so this was in the rewrites here. I'm guessing that the idea was to tie it all together with a neat bow. But in doing so, they left more character stories kind of out in the open and not realizing it. Um, Where they filled in the stories for the characters who in the show are like, don't have much story going on necessarily. But it, it wasn't in places where they need to be filled. So I think that's why they made the changes mm-hmm. that they did. Um, but it, I, I definitely stand by the show version more so than the movie. Me too. By yeah. far. Uh, one last thing I want to touch on.
1: Abuela's mm-hmm. death. Us, uh, Usnavi crying over her. Amazing shot. Usnavi shouting Daniela, Daniela, Daniela three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> took so much out of it. Yeah. They They
0: really dragged that moment out. They're, like, playing bingo in the other room. Yeah. And she, like, dies right there. Eh.
1: Regains the strengths, gets back up, plays bingo with them.
0: Yeah. No, it was, um... Yeah. It was, like, overall, like... It stinks. Like, I feel like we're being... So negative on it. So we're, we're being critical because we love... Yes. ...the original product so much.
1: I really cannot stress enough how well made the film actually is. Yes.
0: But uh, it narratively
1: is... and thematically, it is a poor adaptation.
0: Mm-hmm. Can't get around that. Nope. But again, like, if... Um, if someone had never seen the show, or, like you said, like, will we'll never be seeing the show, and this is their only means of seeing it, like, yes. Like, this is... Please, like, we need as many people to see it in the Heights as possible. Um, the cast, the representation great. here, um, the stories that are represented uh, great, good, um, very and very important. An
1: introduction to something even better. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, a whale should have just won the money in the middle. I don't know why they try to keep it a secret. I don't know why either. At first, yeah. I
1: thought they were going to cut it until I remembered the fact that she specifically buys the ticket at the beginning of the movie. And then I got pissed because that's mm-hmm. stupid foreshadowing. That's a dumb twist. It, this didn't need to be
0: like that big of a twist. Just have well, it be it's, the early twist. It's fantastic. where, Like where it is originally placed is such a fantastic place to put it where we hear all about her struggles. And now she's left with this conundrum of, I finally have- like ninety six thousand dollars like i have the means to do whatever i want i've worked so hard i have this what am i gonna do with it and like you're just getting done processing her backstory when bam it hits you with like this is now what she has in front of her Mm -hmm. um and it just like it hits so well it hits so fantastically um in the show and um then when it's you learn that she pretty much immediately wants to to split it, right? Um mm-hmm. and put it back into the community, then I don't know. It's just like I wish it, yeah. it justifies
1: Usnavi's line that the stoop is abuela's throne. Because in the music yeah. really is her throne, she's watching over mm-hmm. the community in yeah. every capacity she can. She was gonna give thirty thousand dollars to Sunny, a 15-year-old, mm-hmm. but like He's he's a kid who needs it, and that's just the kind of person she is. And another thing that makes the twist so good in the musical is that it happens early, and it shows you that anything can happen. Yeah, like it, it's one of those signs that, like, all right, you're not just watching another typical musical where the story's going to play out how you think it is. Abuela just won the lottery. Five songs in, strap in, and she and no one knows, and no one knows, and no one knows, and that's yeah. so much more. It's it's hitch. It's like Hitchcock. You know, mm-hmm. what? no one knows but us that Abuela has the ticket, which makes it more compelling. But since no one, including the audience, knows who has the ticket in the movie, you don't even think about it. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing to think about. Because who has the ticket? Who cares? They didn't tell us. There's no <laughs> drama to it. But Abuela having mm-hmm. the ticket and the characters not knowing, that's drama for us. And it keeps us compelled. Mm-hmm.
0: Good mm. storytelling. Yeah, really, really good storytelling. Dynamic. I... I really like moments like that um especially i think I, i'm trying to think of other times in stage shows definitely in tv shows I, I just love moments where the audience knows something that characters don't yeah um because then it it builds up that story uh, uh like that anticipation of oh how is this character going to react when they find out that's why like people love breaking bad that's why people love um ozark right because it's exactly all, it's all these people who have these like dark secrets and half the fun is Watching others learn slowly but surely of of their dark truths. So, all right. Uh, anything else within the heights? I don't know where I'm gonna put this or what I'm gonna do with this <laughs> conversation, Rin. Um, but I don't know if I'll throw it on. Like, do I just throw it on to the end of the Cory in the House conversation? Um, I mean, uh, it's what we've been doing with these. Yeah. So I'll do that. This one, it'll be a longer one. So people will listen to the whole thing and then to the whole Corey in the House podcast. I'll be like, what is this? Uh, why is there another like 30 plus minutes uh, to go a whole extra podcast pretty much um okay we have a lot more to do tonight Ren. yeah so, so much let's, more let's keep going